0: You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming.
1: We know each other. He's a friend from work. We're back on The Pipeline Show and a final segment of Season 14 as we get set for, well, one week of uh, summer vacation for me and then we're back with Season 15 the week after that. Uh, and my uh, last guest of Season 14, looks like he's going to be my first guest of Season 15 as well, independent scout Ross McClain joins me once again as we get set for the Ivan Holenka Tournament, or the Holenka-Gretzky Cup now, and uh, we're going to get a preview and then a uh, re- recap of the tournament when we come back. But uh, Ross Mo- joins me now. Uh, Ross, welcome back to the Pipeline Show.
0: How are you? I'm doing well. You're spoiled that you get a week of summer vacation. I haven't heard <laughs> those words in a few years now.
1: Well, you do get to get, take a trip overseas, so there's a little bit of jealousy
0: there for me. That That's true. The little work been, I guess.
1: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh but the Holy Gretzky Cup uh, last year in Edmonton was uh was uh, I, th- I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh the attendance wasn't terrific, uh, but uh, I think that will grow as people get more familiar with the tournament. It's been well established. Uh where you're going um what are you expecting over there? Not maybe not just for attendance, but uh, do you think the exposure in North America at all kind of translates to what the will what you'll see over there?
0: Um, a little bit. I mean, this is really kind of the the real unofficial start to the season. I mean, it's kind of the beginning of the NHL scouting season for this kind of next draft. And obviously, there's some advanced scouting that happens with some guys and some teams that have really put um, an onus on on trying to get guys in there under 17 year and now get on the radar and track development. Uh, but this is really kind of the first event where all the scouting staffs are going to get together. And really, so from the... From the operations side, from the hockey ops side, this is uh, this is one of the bigger events of the year. So uh, the attendance is usually mostly all scouts. Um, <laughs> from years past, you know, when the Czech teams playing in Brecklap, they usually do pretty well in terms of attendance and um, probably one of the most interesting arenas. It reminds me of um, the old Nintendo ice hockey arena because it's got the kind of gray ice to it. Oh yeah. But uh, they they do a good job of supporting their team there, and they'll you know. But the other games are usually. Uh, You know, fairly fairly sparse for crowds, except for um, a very large contingency of of scouts that are going to be there.
1: All right. Well, let's look at the uh, rosters that we know of. And so far, I mean, the tournament, as we're speaking, is uh, what, about five days away? Starts on the 5th. uh, And not all the rosters are uh, at least publicized just yet. But Canada's is. And uh, you were down in Calgary uh, for the camp. So you saw everybody trying out, and I know you were tweeting about it uh, each and every day and all the practices and and games, inter-squad games. Uh, I guess we could just start by asking, uh, are you happy with the the final roster here for Canada, and and what stands out?
0: Well, I have learned never, ever to uh, go against the roster that gets announced uh, for this this event for Canada, uh, as they perennially are the favourites and do very, very well on this, even if... I believe that there's a couple of guys that they've maybe should have taken or left off, but the other okay. side of it is uh, you know you can go to a camp and you can watch the camp the three days uh, but there's more information on these players that that those coaches and 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 scouts have, and that's really how a team should be picked if you want to have a chance at winning a, a tournament like this. having a three day camp gives opportunity for you know young players to come in and do very very well but they might not necessarily do that when they get over there. So, uh, having as much information as possible certainly does leave you with that feeling of surprise after some guys do very very well at camp and are left off the roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same point, it is a process. It's a long process, and it's it's important to keep that information in. So, I try to temper my uh reactions to the roster uh, every year when they come out and and uh, i understand the process that goes into it and the amount of work that they do to pick a team to, to compete over there so with that being said there were a couple of of shocks uh, to me for guys that were left off the roster uh probably most notably was jacob perot um i was really high on him through the season having tracked his development uh and i thought he was one of the better forwards um throughout the camp um and ultimately he did not make the team. So I think there was a lot of people that were surprised with that. But again, you're trying to build a team, and they may have felt that there were players that fit the role that he would have occupied and took some players for a role that they felt he couldn't occupy. So uh, always tough, always tough to, to see that decision.
1: I'm trying to remember, think back to last year. I think Alex Newhook was that guy last year, right, that was expected probably to be in the mix and didn't end up making the team?
0: We see that almost every year. You know, I remember a few years ago there was the huge outcry about Sean Day not making the team. And you know, though so every single year we there, there's always going to be that. There's always going to. I mean, we're we're very fortunate in our country that there is such great development that happens in so many areas, and that we do have so many high end players that come up. Um, now, I've been pretty vocal about the fact that I think it could be better, um, and that we are losing out to countries like finland who have stronger uh, individual athletic development models but at the same point you know we're still producing some very very good players and it makes making a 23-man roster for a team uh, very very difficult at times and then you go to events where you have 20 on your roster it's even harder so there's always going to be some great competition and there's always going to be those one or two guys that we're left kind of thinking wow i can't believe this guy didn't make it
1: All right, well, we're going to get to know a lot of these players over the course of this uh, this coming season, as uh, most of them are in their draft year. I think the only guy who's uh, underage is uh, one of the two goaltenders in Tristan Lennox, plays for the Saginaw Spirit out of the Ontario Hockey League. and He, along with Dylan Guerin, are the uh, two goaltenders for Canada. Maybe let's start with the goaltending position. Is there a clear-cut starter here, or do you expect them to rotate
0: goalies? I feel like Guerin has maybe earned himself as the lead horse in that race. Um, just very athletic, very consistent, uh, showed very, very well in the camp, was probably the most consistent goalie in the camp. Um, I think Lennox and Cranley really fought it out to the end, um, but I do believe that Lennox, is, Lennox has this ability when he's in a game to really take over and shows this great confidence where as a coach you can look out on the ice and know this is a guy that's going to make that save. Uh, very, very active with his stick, can control the puck very well. So he we has another dynamic there as well, where you find yourself in, you know, on big ice with teams that are going to try and push pucks behind your D. He can come out and be that guy that launches plays. He's outstanding with the puck, uh, and great poke checks in tight. Uh, makes it really hard for guys to drive the net. So again, in games where you feel like competition is going to be trying to push pucks towards the net and trying to get more plays, scrambles, things like that, he has a real advantage. So it's going to be really interesting to see how uh, it plays out with these two guys. Um, certainly, I was left really impressed with Lennox um, after the last game. But Garen is just so consistent and does offer you that great athleticism in the net, quickness, and stability and so i think they're very very i think the strength is definitely the back end of this team uh, the defense and, and the goaltending should be should be quite good
1: and, and i would expect both goalies to play because there's a lot of hockey in a very very condensed schedule they, the teams play three and three have a day off and then you have the friday uh, semifinal semi and the and the, the final on saturday which canada traditionally is is almost guaranteed to be in uh, the way it seems to go. So I i, I think it's fair to expect uh, both goalies to see two or three games.
0: Oh, absolutely. I think we've seen that with Canada every year at this event where they do that. Um, it's very rare, even for some of the other teams, uh, not to do it. Um, the only time that you sometimes don't see it is when the team does have that one standout goaltender and they're, and they're in a tight pool. But typically, you end up seeing um, at least one game from every goaltender, usually against the team that they... That they dub to be their their least uh, competitive opponent uh, in in each in each one, but I would imagine Canada splits and then makes a decision uh, based on, on on the playoff round.
1: All right, let's look at the blue line for Canada: Damon Hunt, uh, Donovan Sorbango, uh Jamie Drysdale, Jeremy Poirier, Caden Gooley of the PA Raiders, uh, Lucas Cormier, and uh, Ryan O'Rourke. Uh, what stands out to you about this group? How would you describe them uh, overall as a, as a unit?
0: They move very, very well. It's a very mobile group. Um, we saw that at the camp, almost every player that was there, uh, just their ability to accelerate, shift weight, uh, shift on their edges is incredible. The amount of plays that were happening right at the blue line where two four-checkers were coming at players and they were just spinning off and making plays was incredible. Uh, so there's some really great depth, um, offensive creativity, confidence with the puck, and mobility uh, that, that comes with this group. Um, certainly, I think it's anchored by Jamie Drysdale, Um, who to me is Duncan Keith 2.0, maybe even better. I think he'll be the best defenseman in this draft. Mm. Uh, Just uber-efficient. The way this guy plays the game, he doesn't make mistakes. He can skate with everybody. Uh, He's able to play in all three zones in any situation. Uh, Just very, very intelligent uh, and reliable defender who has some great offensive instinct and, and, and ability to distribute the puck as well um next to him i think jeremy poirier was so impressive at camp and uh, i was really impressed with him at u17s last year uh and at camp he came in it was definitely the most noticeable defenseman out there while i think drysdale is that you know can can just sort of filter into and come off the radar a little bit uh and is so efficient poirier is that he's going to jump out he can do a little bit of everything he's got a great stick uh offensively he's off the charts in terms of his ability to process information and, and, and make reads and reactions, and I think he's going to be a guy who's going to have a real sort of coming out party here at, at this event uh, and, and make a lot happen for Canada.
1: Pretty average sized blue line. Uh, I think Caden Gooley at six two and a half is the only one that's above six one. Uh, everybody else is you know six foot or under. Uh, you mentioned Drysdale, he's under six foot, and Lucas Cormier under six foot. Uh, in fact, he's under five ten. Um. So, not not the biggest uh, group in the world, but um, doesn't seem to be an issue.
0: No. And again, I think you know this this plays more to the international game. Um, you're not going to have the bang and crash style um, that you would see in North America, even even if you end up playing against the U.S. They're not going to be as much of a bang and crash team as you would expect. You know, when you would think of canada and the u.s competing at say the world juniors or 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 even the under 18 world championships this will be a more kind of free-flowing event um where guys are are really relying more on that transition skill uh and creating offense quickly so uh i think this blue line was built based around that decision making process guys that can make decisions quickly and and play a transitional game so that'll be really important um in this tournament, which, uh, especially when it's in in the Czech Republic and Slovakia, um, has traditionally been that way.
1: Well, the uh, U.S. National Development Program dominated the first round of the uh, the NHL draft a couple of months ago, but it's uh, it's going to be a good draft for Canadians at the top end, and there's a few uh, that will be on this team uh, heading over to play in the Holinka-Gretzky Cup as well. Uh, Ross McLean, Independent Scout, joins me here to uh, preview the tournament. Uh, who are some of those forwards for Canada that are on this team that are also going to be high picks to come uh, June of 2020?
0: Well, the big name right now is Quentin Byfield, and this guy has some really outstanding appeal to the way he can play the game. Um, there are times where he has reminded me of Evgeny Malkin in, in the way that he plays. He's a big body. Uh, he's very strong. He's got this great creativity, especially in tight to his body. makes a lot of plays through his legs, likes to pull opposition players to him and then make plays spinning off them or powering away from them. Um, it's incredible, actually. If you think about Evgeny Malkin and you, and you watch him play, uh, there really is a lot of uh, uh, comparable skills that are there. Now, he needs to Get a little bit more consistent and, and use that power, use that size, use his intensity a little bit more to, to do that. But he's, he's going to be a guy that's going to have a ton of eyes on him in this event and all year long because he's very much looking like he could be uh, anywhere from three to five in this draft and possibly even number two, um, if he can really put it together.
1: And there's a few other guys that we expect to be a pretty high picks. Cole Perfetti, uh, the Saginaw Spirit would be another one of those
0: guys, right? Absolutely. Well, the thing with Perfetti is Perfetti just kind of, kind of fits in until he doesn't. He's just the guy that you don't always necessarily notice and then you look at the score sheet and all of a sudden he's had four points. Uh but he does also have that ability when he has the puck and wants to dominate, he can really dominate. He doesn't look like the type of player that it would be difficult to take the puck from, but he's probably the hardest player to get the puck from in this draft class. Uh his creativity, uh when he gets into situations where it looks like there's there's no outcome that's gonna work out in his favor, he comes up with something. It's it's pretty amazing to watch Uh, his playmaking ability is exceptional his ability to get pucks to the net uh, is extremely strong uh, and he creates so much off the rush and from the perimeter uh, which are really difficult areas to try and produce offense from so uh, his appeal is very very strong just because of his unique ability to create from almost nothing consistently
1: good group of whl guys uh, up front on this team as well justin sort of uh, so uh, i think the top rookie in the whl last year if i remember correctly and connor mclennan now in winnipeg with the uh the relocated kootenai ice uh obviously jake neighbors who we know well in uh, this neck of the woods playing for the edmonton All kings ozzy weisblatt we saw going all the way to the memorial cup with the the pa raiders there's a, a pretty good contingent of whlers what sort of an impact will they make on this team
0: well, I think Sortif and McLennan will be two of the guys that have a pretty strong impact on this team. Uh Sortif is just such an explosive playmaker, uh great edge control, can bring the puck to the middle lanes really really well and pushes pucks to the net. He seems to be a step ahead uh and catches guys off guard quite often, uh, making plays that you just don't expect him to make. Um McLennan is that pure shooter. Uh I think we saw that at the camp that he was really trying to showcase the fact that hey, you know, he's he's the guy you want shooting the puck. Uh, and he's going to be a guy, I think, that finds himself in a lot of sort of off-shot situations on power plays, down low, and it's going to be someone that they're trying to get the puck to so that he can unleash it up towards the net, uh, especially with a few of the players that are on this roster that have um, some good net presence to them. So uh, I think those two will have a real good impact. I think Wiesblatt's going to be one of their energy guys who goes out there and is in the trusted situations um, battling for... Uh, um, possession and you know trying to win that momentum as much as possible. And I think Jake Neighbors is going to be their Mr. Everything. I think he's going to be the guy that they rely on in all situations that can play um, in whatever situation that's required um, in, to make an impact in the game and to uh, to really be in those crucial situations.
1: Yeah, he's the Swiss Army Knife guy. You can put him Absolutely. in any three positions up front, and you can be power play or penalty kill guy. Uh, yeah, really uh, versatile. Uh, Seth Jarvis is the guy you were – tweeting about uh, at points during the week, you really like his speed uh, forward with the Portland Winterhawks.
0: His speed's incredible. Uh, during the five-on-five five play, he, he got kind of lost in the mix a little bit here or there, uh, but when they broke it down into three-on-three three and four-on-four, four, this guy was unbelievable, and it was just that little extra ice that was out there he stood out beyond everybody. Nobody could catch him. He had the puck the whole time. He was making plays on his own. He was setting up other players. It was really, really it was special. It was really fun to watch. So this is the type of guy that if they find themselves in those situations where they end up in a three-on-three, um, he's definitely going to be the guy they rely on.
1: All right, anybody else from the Canadian roster in particular that we haven't uh, already touched on that I think deserve recognition right now?
0: Uh, I think one guy for sure is uh, Hendrix Lapierre. Yep. Um this is a guy whose development obviously a highly touted player, but his development uh has been has been very strong through the course of the year. Uh excellent hands, very good uh instincts in the offensive zone in one on one situations. He can win uh lanes to the inside, to the outside, he can drive the net, he can play and make. Uh this is a guy that's really starting to put it all together and is gonna start turning some heads soon, I believe.
1: All right, uh, Ross, let's look at some of the other teams, and again, not all the rosters are publicized yet, but we have seen uh, the ones for Finland and the U.S., uh, and I think you have the roster for the Czech Republic, uh, I believe. Um, let's look at the Americans, though, and uh, are there three or four names that uh, immediately come to the top of the list uh, for guys that you have uh, kind of highlighted on your sheet that you want to watch?
0: Well, I know for the U.S., probably the two guys that are going to be the engine that make this team go are probably going to be Cross Hannes, playing with, out of Portland Winter Hawks, and, and Jack Williams, who's been playing in the USHL. Uh, these are going to be probably their offensive focal points, the guys that try and create as much as possible, both. Some good speed. Uh, Hannes has some decent size to him and can create possession on the walls. Um, Williams is more of the get the puck to the middle uh, and make things happen from there. But good speed, uh, quick thinker. Um, but th- those are going to be the two guys on on a U.S. team um, that is mostly built up of players that are off their national development team uh, radar and playing in high school mm-hmm. and a few of the uh canadian major junior players so the american team's always really interesting to watch there's always two or three guys that kind of come out of nowhere that you didn't really know anything about i know uh, mike Coster was one of those guys for me last year mm-hmm. uh and i think i think we'll see that again this year there's a couple of names uh, on here that i'm really interested to see sort of what they can what they can bring um, Alex Gagne, a defenseman out of New Hampshire, um, being one of them. Um, Wyatt Kaiser, uh, another defenseman um, who plays uh, high school in in Minnesota. These are some some names that are looking like they're going to be fascinating to see how they. Um, adapt and evolve with this level of competition
1: well and i know I, I put the question out to the audience about who's going to lead each team in scoring at the hlinka gretzky cup and i, and I had a, f- a few people mention the name blake Biondi to me uh, and which was interesting because he's recently been listed by the edmonton oil kings and i know he's going back to high school this year and scheduled to join the university of minnesota duluth which is a really good program right near hermantown uh, which is where he's playing high school so maybe it's uh wishful thinking to see if he comes up but I don't know what you know about Blake Biondi but uh, he put up good numbers last year at the high school level too
0: well I left him off that list of guys that I was talking about because I knew you'd want to I knew you'd want to circle him out <laughs> uh, in particular but yeah he is absolutely probably the leader of that group of players that really have an opportunity to put themselves on the radar in this Uh Again, he's he's another guy that playing out of that high school league in the U.S., which is a, in, in Minnesota is an unbelievably good year and produces prospects every single year. Um, he's he's kind of the biggest name out of it so far this year. So uh, there's going to be a lot of people that have his name highlighted and are looking to see what he can do. Um, so the jury's still kind of out on it, and he'll be probably one of the guys that first segment of next year we're talking about a ton.
1: Uh, I don't know if you know either of the two goaltenders, but big difference in in uh, size. Loudon Hogue is five uh, eleven, and Colin Purcell six foot six already. Seventeen years old, six foot six.
0: Yeah, pretty impressive. Um, obviously, there's two schools of thought there, um, and and you see it at almost every level uh, where there are large goaltenders who typically haven't quite developed. Um, I, I, Yet, but are starting to, starting to get to those levels, but, uh, certainly size creates confidence with some coaches in terms of goaltending, uh, and then there's that raw ability puck tracking and just that goalie that stops the puck typically where you, you're willing to throw size at the window so uh, i'm not sure which one of these two guys is going to uh, see the most action Um, both are kind of question marks coming into this event Uh, but certainly purcell will be the one that uh, most guys will look at and say okay let's see if this guy's got anything or uh, has some long-term potential
1: all right let's look at uh, some of the european squads finland's uh, roster has been announced Uh, i think the uh, top fin for the draft this year is anton lundell but He's uh, an O one, one a late O one, one so he won't be playing at the Kalilinkka Gretzky Cup this year who else is on that roster catches your attention
0: well probably a couple of the bigger names Aturati is going to be um, probably one of their their go-to players now he's a late02 so he's not going to be eligible for this draft he'll be the one after uh, but he was very good at under 18s as well uh, he's got good size really slick puck control mechanics, shifty on his edges, has some really good lateral cut explosiveness. Uh, he's very creative. So this is the type of guy that, that, that can make some stuff happen. Um, Oliver Sooney is another name um, who is more of a complimentary player. Uh, very, very good net presence uh, has some decent size to him already. Um, and is definitely going to be one of those players that is going to create quite a bit uh, for, for the finish team um, on the back end. Um, Emil Vero uh, is a player that I really liked at U17s last year. Uh, very shifty with the puck. Uses really good quick cuts. Um, finds Creates passing lanes really well for himself at the point. Uh, has great acceleration. So he's probably going to be one of the guys that is um, the catalyst from the back end for this team. And then I think probably the big name on this team that uh, a lot of people are, are really interested in is, is Casper Pudio. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he is just sort of your very good... All around uh, player. Uh, he's not a big guy, but he finishes his checks. He's really difficult to play against. He's got great anticipation, um, highly instinctual player. Um, and he's just the type of guy that does the little things that help teams win and makes them really, really difficult to play against.
1: He's the first overall pick in the CHL import draft uh, this past year, and uh, we'll be playing with the Swift Current Broncos this coming season. So we'll get to see a lot of him in the WHL. And the other WHLer on the finished team is another oil king and he's Sepala. not a big player do you have uh, any thoughts o- about him i know he played for the u17 squad last year but i don't know if he uh, if you have notes on him or not
0: i do uh, he is again he's one of those uh, all around players uh, can play in kind of every situation probably better on the defensive side more of an energy guy um He's a real good shot blocker, uh, very, very good in his own end uh, at at winning pucks. So this is the kind of guy that goes in and and wedges and tries to separate players uh, and and begins plays for his team, Um, which is interesting because, again, he's he's not a big guy, but uh, he does have some pretty good quickness, uh, and he's willing to kind of do a little bit of everything. So uh, certainly somebody that you really like having on your team and you don't like Getting out there to have to play against because he's going to be pesky. He's going to be tenacious and, and you're, you're all, you're not always going to have fun when he's out on the ice.
1: Ross McLean, the uh, scout is my guest here, final guest of uh, season 14 of the pipeline show. When I think of the Swedes, uh, it's going to be another good year for Sweden at the draft. Uh, Lucas Raymond and Alexander Holtz will be uh, two very high picks coming out of Sweden. Neither one of them are going to be at the Hlinka Gretzky Cup because they're busy playing with the U20s uh, in Plymouth, Michigan right now. Uh, but Zion Nybeck is the guy you pointed out to, to me off the air that uh, is going to be one to watch for at the Hlinka Gretzky Cup.
0: Yeah, he's, kinda, he's, been the, he's been the third musketeer there with those two guys um, throughout the last couple of years. So we saw him at the under-18s as well. Uh, he was uh, on that roster as an underage player with those two guys, and they were, they, were the three, they were the three big wheels for that team as underagers. So, um, again, a bit of a smaller player, uh, but very quick, great in the face-off dot, uh, excellent offensive timing, uh, very very strong playmaker. Can take the puck to the net for his size, which is really impressive. Uh, so he's he's definitely going to be uh, the catalyst for this Swedish team without question.
1: Now, haven't seen the official list for the Czechs yet. Uh, you may have, but uh, I know there are a couple of players that you believe will be on the tournament on the team and at the tournament. Guys to watch for.
0: Yeah, I think the big name from the Czechs this year is going to be Jan Mythik. Um This is a guy that has some flashes of really unbelievable speed, great one-on-one ability, uh, highly intense in the middle lanes around the puck. He's got great hand-eye coordination, uh, is a real, real good offensive player. And this is a guy that I've seen people talk that he could potentially even be in the top five conversation for this year's draft. So there'll be a lot of people with eyes on him uh, coming in. Um, I know that there are a couple other players that uh, just having seen on Twitter uh, teams have said, congratulations to this guy for going, going over, but I, without All having right. seen the, the official list, there are some players, um, like everybody's favorite named Ivan Ivan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh I saw that, and I, this is a guy that impressed at, at U17s, um, was a real good, um, offensive player with pretty good linear speed, falls up place in the net well, has some good, good stick skills. Uh, the big guy that I think, Looking to see whether or not there's the goaltender uh, Nick Malik, who was the goaltender for this team uh, in the event last year as well as an underage player, and and that's the son of uh, Merrick Malik. Right. Uh, and so obviously he's got some pretty good size, um, highly athletic, and last year he was he was their most important player, and I would assume that if he's there again, he will once again uh, be that guy. And outside of that, the the only other name um, that I've seen so far that we could expect to probably be there is, uh, Jan Sikarth And, uh, he had a very good U17 as well. He's highly engaged, really good work ethic, uh, 200 foot player, uh, who, who seems to like the contact element of the games, uh, and have some really good size to him. So, uh, it's going to be an interesting team. Um, Again, the Czechs do a good job in Brcko of supporting the team when they play, and that does make a difference for them when they're there. They are usually quite energetic. They've they've made the final of that tournament a couple of times while it's over there, uh, so this could be a team that could shock some people.
1: All right. Well, we haven't seen the rosters for like Switzerland or Russia yet, uh, but there'll be some notable players uh, expected, at least from countries like that, Slovakia as well. We haven't seen the roster for. But uh, anybody that uh, you're expecting to be there that we haven't touched on? We just don't know 100% that they're confirmed.
0: Well, Russia's going to be the interesting one. There's a ton of names on that Russian team. Um, they could potentially be the favorite to win this tournament, depending on, on who's coming. Um, now, all of that starts with in the net with Jaroslav Askarov, who, to me, is the best goaltending prospect in years and years and years. And that includes Spencer Knight from this year. Uh, this guy has been playing on the international level for a few years now and has been really standing out. Um, he was arguably the top goaltender in last year's event, uh, was definitely the best goaltender at U17s this year. Uh, world junior A he's played at and then the top goalie. So this is a guy that every time he shows up, he's a, he's a difference maker. He's an impact. Um, and so if he's there, that gives, the Russians a huge advantage uh, right off the hop. But certainly they've got names like Daniel Gushin, uh, who is a highly creative offensive player, has led tournaments in scoring before, um, has competed in the World Junior A Challenge against older players and been one of the top scorers there as well. So uh, there's definitely some potential for them to field uh, some players uh, that that uh, can make a real difference. Uh, They've also got a couple of underage players. They have a very, very strong 2003-born defender uh, named Artin Grushnikov, uh, who uh, could potentially be one of the top defensemen there. Reminds me, he plays the game very similar to uh, Jamie Drysdale, but is maybe a little bit more aggressive in terms of his offensive creation ability. So uh, there is some real, real potential for this Russian team to field something special.
1: All right, we'll watch for that for sure, and real in-depth uh, look at the upcoming Holenka-Gretzky Cup. Uh, Ross, as always, really appreciate your time. I guess we'll talk to you in about two weeks.
0: Yeah, my pleasure. Looking forward to it.
1: Team Canada with a 4-1 victory over uh, Slovakia just a couple of days before the start of the tournament, and uh, of course Canada will go into this Holenka-Gretzky uh, Cup again as the favorite, as they are every year going into the Holenka-Gretzky Cup. It's the one tournament all year where uh, Canada is able to send their absolute best. There's nobody busy doing anything else unless there's an injury or something like that. Uh, Canada looking very, very strong. Thanks for Ross McLean for uh, that preview. And as I mentioned at the end there, he's going to join us. He'll be the first guest of uh, Season 15 as well to recap the Halunke gretzky Cup as he's headed over to uh, watch the games uh, and take those in first hand. And with that, that is the end of not just this episode, but of Season 14 of the Pipeline Show. Lots of thanks uh, to give uh, to all the uh, team media contact or communications of people that helped set up interviews over the course of a very long season. Uh, couldn't do it without the help of those people. Obviously, thanks to all the players and uh, scouts and GMs and coaches that and media people that uh, come on the show as guests. Obviously, it would be a pretty lonely show if uh, not for guests uh, coming on the program. Huge thank you to everyone who has signed up to be a patron at patreon.com slash the pipeline show. The show would not exist without the uh, people who are stopping by there and uh, pledging their support to keep the show going. I really, really appreciate that. And I encourage others to uh, check it out and see if it's a, a fit for you. A couple of bucks a month is all it takes. You get early access. To all, most of these interviews that you're hearing on this week's episode, they've been up on the Patreon page, uh, for three or four days now, those folks uh, are able to enjoy some early access uh, to the interview segments of the show. Last week, I told you that I'd be able to tell you what uh, the plans are for the uh, first uh, six weeks of season 15. Traditionally, what I do is the uh, in-depth WHL team-by-team previews. You get the play-by-play guy on from each team and a preview of the upcoming season from uh, their perspective for their respective club. This year, changing it up, it's going to be either the head coach or the GM. In some cases, that's the same person. But we're going to do all 22 teams leading up to the start of the WHL season. I already have a number of those teams booked. And I can tell you the first week when we come back, and it wasn't because it's the team in my backyard and I'm on the broadcast team, uh, but the Edmonton Oil Kings were the first team to actually book. So the Oil Kings, the Calgary Hitmen, the Everett Silvertips are already guaranteed and locked in to be the first WHL teams that will be previewed in Season 15. So you'll hear from Kurt Hill, Jeff Chinouth, and Gary Davidson, the respective GMs of those three clubs. As I mentioned, Ross McLean, uh, Independent Scout, will be the first guest of Season 15. No show next week. Take one week off and come back with a brand new season of The Pipeline Show. Until then, everybody, get out and enjoy some summer. We'll talk hockey soon enough. My name's Keith Flaming. Cheers.